What defines crazy? One way Urban Dictionary defines crazy is someone who will go against the rules. A person who acts in a manner that normal society does not approve of. We would add that crazy can be defined as enigmatic, meaning mysterious or speaking in riddles, often misunderstood. God tells us in Isaiah 55, 8-9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Yet even though he is enigmatic, he tells us in seven places in scripture that if we seek him, we will find him when we search with all of our heart. Journey with us as we seek him and explore the evidence that confirms God be crazy. Hey guys, welcome back to God Be Crazy. This is Christy and Bonnie here with you. Um, So I want to make a couple of announcements real quick. Season one, we're actually going to wrap it up. I know it's hard to believe we've been, this is 33 episodes, today's Mm -hmm. episode. And so we have decided that we are going to wrap up season one on September 6th. That'll be our last episode. And for season one, we will come back for season two. It will premiere on October 18th. So we'll have um, about a month break, about a five week break. And then we'll be back with you guys with exciting new stuff to talk about. Mm -hmm. So as per usual, the Holy Spirit is asking us to do hard things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It seems like that's the... That's the norm for us these days, and that's honestly the norm for anyone who is serving the Lord. There's hard things that He asks of us, Mm -hmm. and that's to be expected. So, we are going to go way back, and for those of you who are new to the podcast or haven't listened to all the episodes, we would like to encourage you to go back and check out episode number five. It's called Strumming My Pain With His Fingers. And in that episode, we discuss um, very personal stories of um, betrayal and the way that God sometimes strums our pain with His love. Mm -hmm. And... This particular episode talks about a very difficult time in Bonnie's life, and it talks about her um, relationship with her ex-husband and what led up to their subsequent divorce Mm -hmm. and how God walked her through that as well as us through that and the things that we learned from those experiences And we want to jump in today and talk about what life has been like over the last year and what things have changed, what we've learned, what the Holy Spirit has placed on our hearts, and the way that He has led us. You know, we we are not perfect people. We have sin. We struggle, just like all of you. And... The beautiful thing about God is that He is sovereign. He can be trusted, and we are learning that more and more um, as our relationship with Christ grows. We see the ways that He shows up and how He shows out, the ways that He changed us. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like it's super important that we we go back and take a look at the growth because sometimes we go about life and we don't realize just how much has changed and how different we may be as we go through these seasons that he has us in. Mm-hmm. These refining fires are right. for a purpose. Right. And he uses the hard things in our lives to align us with his will and his timing. Mm-hmm. And he has continued to show us Hesed and continued to ask us to use that type of love. Man, I fail at this all the time. It's a continual work in we progress. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity that I have to to serve him to learn and to grow and 
to have a real friend and sister in Christ, someone Mm -hmm. who is in the trenches with me. And when I'm down or when you're down, we pull each other up and we remind each other that our focus is on him and on things not of this world. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I'm grateful. Me too. Solid friend. Yeah. A friend who who loves at all times. And that word hesed um, is a word to describe. I mean, you said in, in this episode five that we talk about strumming my pain, which for those of you that aren't going to go back or that already know, just as a reminder, this is God's love on us. There are 120-something words. I can't remember how no, many there are. No, 169. Oh, wow. I can't believe you remember that. 169 English words to describe this. In six different English translations. Yeah. Kind of hard to wrap our minds around. In other words, it's basically like it. there's not, a, there's way not to a great translation to describe this kind of love. That's because, mm-hmm. guys we don't really fully comprehend it. Mm -hmm. The watered down version of that is loving kindness, love that is long suffering, love Mm -hmm. that strikes first, doesn't wait for the love to be reciprocated, but strikes first and does so without um, waiting or expecting the response to be reciprocated back. Like I'll do this if you, it's very, um, it's a selfless kind of love. Yes. And, and like you just said, I'll do that if you that those are that's conditional love. Right. And we are all guilty of that. In right. fact, most people love conditionally. And I would say we all do because there is whether you like it or not, there's an expectation uh-huh. that we're going to like I'm your friend, but I do have expectations that you're not going to be a total jerk to me. Like <laughs> I do. And I, even though I would hope that I would love you unconditionally. I know that, and what we've figured out is we're incapable of loving the way God loves. We are to strive for it. Right. We are to aim at that target and also recognize that this is this is a unique thing that he has for us and on us. And in this life, we will never fully achieve this. Mm-hmm. That's my belief anyway. Yeah. I don't think we can. He was the only perfect um, man that ever lived. And he's the only one that has been capable of this kind of love. But what he asks of us is to be Christ-like. So our goal in our hearts should desire to strive to get this kind of love. Right. And when we don't, we are to repent and look in the mirror and and correct ourselves and mm-hmm. apologize when we don't do, we don't love the way we're supposed to. Um, yeah. So this word has impacted my life forevermore and changed Same. me forevermore. And... Um, in the year or so since we originally published that episode, there's been so many other ways that I've had to hold to that when my flesh did not want to hold to that. (laughs) Not just with my ex-husband, but in many aspects because it just is shocking. Um, I... I have the privilege of sitting with many people who have been in my situation before it was ever my situation and many people who I've counseled through this situation that um, on the other side of my divorce. And um, the thing that I, that is, that deeply, I would say, impacts me in that process and I I love God for this. I'm going to cry. <laughs> I love that. I have had the privilege of counseling couples almost in my exact same situation. And I have seen men and women who 
fall on their face in repentance and they maintain that. Like I have seen betrayed partners, excuse me, offending spouses, turn to their wives and sob and grieve and regret the things that they've done and follow it through. Like where they throw all the cards on the table and the marriage is repaired. Like I've gotten to see so many of those situations in the wake of my situation that did not have the outcome that I was hoping for. Um, And God, every time it feels like salve in a wound, like I rejoice with those men and women who, who do that work. And I get to witness it. I get to bear witness to the men and women who, who do the necessary work of repentance and honesty and transparency and forgiveness and all of the and reconciliation and all of those things. And it reminds me um, that so many times that my, my situation is not their situation. Mine was not reconcilable. Honesty and transparency and openness have to be present for that to happen. And it's changed my practice in a way where I used to have just great hope in all people. (laughs) I used to think, well, anybody can change because I've seen some people who you would say would never change, change. So I used to adopt that framework. Anybody can change. And the reality that... Well, and and more than that, I think it was a little bit, maybe maybe a little bit naively believing that people were mm -hmm. like inherently good. Yeah, well... So yeah, that, but what I was going to say was that, that I had this belief that because anyone could change that people would like, (laughs) you know, like, because I believed if people would just understand or see it this way or have their eyes open here, then they would walk that out. That's not true. And I was being shown that I've seen that tons of times. Lots of people come to therapy. They don't do the work. Some people do and some people don't. And I inherently believed that my ex-husband, if he could just get it a certain way, like he would get it and he would be different and that just wouldn't happen. And so I kept, I just was operating under a lie that if someone just had the information or just saw it a certain way that they would, uh, well, now you know all the damage you're doing, like just stop doing that. And it's like, Many people know that, and they just keep doing it. Like, Mm -hmm. I operated, as you were saying, under the false assumption that most people are inherently good, and they want to not do harm to other people. and That they do the best they can. And they do the best (laughs) they can. And the truth is, this experience has taught me they don't. Sometimes the people you hope for and pray for and beg for to change don't change. Mm -hmm. And the hurtful thing that I've had to accept is... They don't want to. Some people just don't want to. Some people are so selfish and so absorbed in what they want and what what works best for them, they could care less. And sometimes, I don't even know if sometimes people even realize that it's not even just necessarily what they want, but they have such a deep emotional need to meet their own needs before yes. anyone else that they are incapable mm-hmm. of seeing anyone else above their own right their own wants and desires right and the the lie that i believed was that i knew those people existed in the world but the lie i believed was i would never let anyone close to me who is like that those are the people that aren't my friends those are the people that wouldn't do that to me you know the people I've let in would not do that to me. My family members wouldn't do that to me. My friends wouldn't do that to me. I've known these people for X amount of years. Like, they wouldn't do that. They're good people. I, I've i said many times, I know in my life, when someone complimented my ex-husband, I'd be like, oh, yeah, he is, he is wonderful. Not... <laughs> not... <laughs> 
really fully letting myself believe the things that were right in front of my face because it was hard to accept that this person that I fell in love with and, and built a life with could be doing exactly what he ended up doing the entire time I've known him. I've, as long as I've known him, he's never been honest. He's still not honest today. I have not seen that change. There's not evidence for it. It makes me sad. It impacts our lives in so many different ways. Well, and I know that you've said that you're divorced and so for the people who aren't familiar with the podcast or maybe just joining us, like it impacts you still today because you share children. Right. And you have to raise them. Right. You know, so there's still interaction there even though you guys are divorced. And one of the ways Hesed shows up in that is there's a fleshly part of me whenever he deceives our kids or he manipulates other people that are in our lives um it bothers me and I want to like my old self my fleshly self just wants to expose it you know just wants to be like I know what you're up to or I know what you did that is Hesed tells me there's a boundary there first of all one of them God God did not give me that that job to go confront mm-hmm. him and my voice is one of the many that he's not going to listen to yeah um he has never listened to me and does not receive feedback well anyway if it's not positive feedback and so i even when god has told me post divorce to confront him about things i even wrestle with god about that cuz i'm like you know this doesn't work. Like, I wrestled with him so hard about something when he told me to bring something to him. And I was like, I cried out to him, it's not going to work. Why do you want me to say anything? It will fall on deaf ears. Why? And God touched my heart. And he was like, he reminded me, I used to say that to him when I was supposed to be hesitating. And he would, he reminded me that it's not my job to be in the outcome. It's my job to be obedient in the process. Yes. And so what I wanted Wait, is to be let's able... let's say that one more time. Like, okay. sometimes... I just want to make this a point because it's such a valid and such a good point. And it, and it is for everyone. Yeah. Sometimes it is not your job to be in the outcome. Yeah. It's your job to be obedient in the process. And something he showed me recently is when I had to, post-divorce, confront him about certain things. Um, I would didn't want to. I mean, part of me did because, you know, it, anyway. But, but the biggest part of me was like, this is fruitless. Like, I don't want to play this yeah, game what's anymore. The point, like, kind of. I divorced this person so I didn't have to interact with this crazy stuff anymore. Like this, not crazy, I shouldn't say that. I didn't have to interact interact with the chaos that that dynamic brings. Yes. I put very strong boundaries up. He would violate them, and I would have to confront that because he kept violating my boundaries. And so I would just get exhausted in the, I keep repeating the same thing. Under Especially whenever he... The the boundaries are being violated under the guise of, oh, I just misunderstood. Yes. I didn't. I forgot. Mm-hmm. I thought you said this. And Knowing I'm like, full well that those are exactly not You know exactly what you're true. doing. Right. And that was always, it always sounded, I believed that for a period of our lives because I'm like, you're the most forgetful human on the planet. Because, I mean, like, that cannot be true. I know I'm not, like speaking another language. Yeah. I have made this very clear. And so now the healthiest boundaries that are that God told me this early on, put everything in writing. Put everything in writing so I don't have to get into this back and forth. Yes you said that. No you didn't. No I didn't. Yes you did. It's like, no, there's a trail and it says this. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into the argument with you. This is very clearly what was agreed upon or said and that's going to be what it is. And so in hesitating in this dynamic, when something triggering comes up, another lie, another situation, another gaslighting situation or whatever, 
I have to treat it differently. I need to be emotionally divorced from this person just as I am legally divorced from this person. And the more emotionally divorced I am, the better off my babies are because they don't need to be brought in to any of that stuff. And so when my kids come to me and they tell me something that is concerning, I know that I have to pick and choose and talk to God about, is this something that you want me to do something with? How do I address this? You know, if he, when he has deceived them and they share that information, I just say, yep, that's adults get to choose to tell the truth or tell a lie. And sounds like he chose to tell a lie. And you have a choice to tell the truth or tell a lie. Everybody gets choices and all of our choices matter. And um, I encourage my kids to express their feelings to him directly knowing that he might hear them, he's not going to hear me, express it to the therapist. And I keep that boundary. My old self, just we get so triggered by it. Like, I mean, you can can you can imagine we were together for 19 years. There's a lot of deception that took place and my body gets activated because trauma does that. It's in your body. Mm-hmm. And whenever the same situation presents itself, my body reads that as danger. Protect yourself. Make sure that you're okay. Make sure now your kids are okay. And I have to regulate that. I've done a lot of somatic therapy, trauma therapy, brain spotting, all kinds of different um, things in step with the Holy Spirit to make sure my body is healing, my mind is healing, and that whenever I want to react, Hesed does remind me, like, Check in with me first, Bonnie. God is saying, check in with me if you have to address this this way and how to address it. So when I bring issues to the table, I have friends such as you, Holy (laughs) Spirit-led friends, and people praying for me and guiding me in a way that helps me check that to make sure that whenever I bring an issue or whenever I push something, I'm not just pushing it because Bonnie wants to push it. I'm pushing it because God says it matters. And some of the things God has asked me to push and make issue with, I would never make issue with. Right. I would run away from. I'd be like, uh-uh, I ain't doing that. He's told me to get in fights that I wouldn't be getting in. <laughs> like, if I had my way, I would set a boundary, and there would be almost zero contact outside of necessary kid-related items. But that's not what he's asked me to do. Sometimes I have to do things that... I don't want to engage in. And so when an issue comes up, I've learned I don't just confront directly, you know. Sometimes I'll just state the facts and move away. Like, this is what was said. It's very clear. And that's it. Instead of confronting and saying, you did this, instead of that, I'll say, I'll ask in writing, next time, can do you mind doing this instead instead of detailing all the things he did wrong, because that's just going to shut the whole conversation down. He doesn't have ears to hear that. When he hears any negative feedback, it's automatic walls. And so I just ask for what I need, the best, most polite way I can in writing, and keep it very simple. And it's taken um, some time to, to get to that, but just like whenever we were married... God told me, stop taking all your emotions to him because he doesn't care. And so if he didn't care when we were married, <laughs> he sure ain't going to care now that we're divorced. Yeah, he, uh, That is none of his concern is, is making me in any way content and respecting me. It's not high on his list. And so even if he chooses not to respect me, even if he chooses to gaslight me again or to make excuses that I know were false excuses or just the same old thing I've always heard, I know that it's not my job to get into a debate with him. Yes, I do know what you said and I do know. No, I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. It's too, that's why I got divorced. So I don't have to do that anymore. And so um, that is the peace that I've gotten, and I've gotten that validation. I'd have to take my validation. My needs for validation have to come from God. And when Hesed 
came up and how it plays out in real life is one of the things that, um, one of the messages I got, like how Jesus was silent before the Sanhedrin Mm -hmm. and before Pilate, he told me at different times, you're going to have to shut your mouth when you want to speak up and you have a great defense. You can't give it. When you know what's being said about you behind your back, you can't go defend yourself. Yeah. He told us when we started this podcast, like the week or two before we launched last year, he gave us those scriptures. Do you remember that? And he was like, he had us go through the way that Jesus was approached when all the people were attacking him and said, you're going to just have to learn to shut your mouth because... If you've been obedient in the process, it doesn't matter what the outcome is. We've already been told that the outcome about certain things we have to say that are hard are going to rub some people the wrong way. Right. They will rub the right people the right way and some people the wrong way or the, the wrong people the right way or however. I don't know how you say that exactly, but it'll hit the ears it needs to hear and some people will receive it and some people won't. Right. And that's not our business. Like... Whoever is listening to this right now, you may be hearing this in some kind of a way. It, that's not my job for how it hits your ears and hits your heart. Right. My job is to record this and send it out. And also, um, it's super important that we recognize, y'all, God doesn't need us <laughs> to defend him. Yeah. When he tells us something, he doesn't need us to stand up and defend that. Yeah. Sometimes he asks you to take a stand. And when he asks you that, then you have to be obedient in that. But there's a lot of times that people feel the need to take a stand or to speak out when God's just saying, do what I've asked you to do and stop. Mm -hmm. I'll do the rest. Mm -hmm. Because he has a way of speaking to people and reaching people that we can't, especially mm-hmm. whenever we are coming from a place of maybe sadness or hurt or anger or grief or um, defensiveness. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people can't hear you when you speak from those places. And God's right. going, listen, sis, I don't need you to speak for me. Mm-hmm. I ask you to do this. You do that. And I will take care of the rest. Mm-hmm. You You don't get to worry about. But I, but God, what about, you know, and I wrestle sometimes because mm-hmm. it's hard. That flesh in me sometimes wants them to see that I don't mean to, I don't mean to sound like a jerk. <laughs> and sometimes he's like, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. I'll handle it. And you know what? Sometimes I say something and it comes off the wrong way. And I recognize mm-hmm. that I have screwed up and I'm like, Lord, forgive me. And he says, I got this. Mm-hmm. You can't mess up what. I have in place. Mm-hmm. As long as you are obedient to me and you repent when you've done wrong and you recognize that, I will take care of the rest. Yeah. And do your best to make it right. Sometimes that means saying something and apologizing to somebody. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it means editing something. Sometimes it, you edit yourself or you mm-hmm. you have to go back and do things differently. And sometimes... There's nothing you can do because it's already there in the world Mm -hmm. and it's already happened and you can't take it back. So whenever those kinds of situations or those opportunities have passed for me, I will, it's y'all, this is how we know real change is occurring. And this is how we know that we are growing in the Lord and becoming more Christ-like. When he, when you do something that hurts someone else, Mm -hmm. It grieves you. Yeah. You think about it. Yes. It hurts your heart. You cry out to God. You ask for forgiveness. And sometimes you don't have the opportunity to ask the person that you've hurt Mm -hmm. to forgive you or to apologize to them. And you just have to leave it with, Lord, I trust that you will send someone to show them or tell them what I couldn't or didn't. Mm And that you will show them love and grace where I failed. Yeah. Yeah. Show them the truth if we miss, if yeah. I misspoke to them or if they 
interpreted what and I said for, differently or whatever. Yeah, yeah. and forgive me for that. Forgive me for that mistake. And please show me, quicken me, give me that mm-hmm. unction whenever I start to make those kind of mistakes again so that I can do in the moment, make a different choice. Yeah, And those are ways that you know you're truly growing in him and that's mm-hmm. one way that I've learned through this process with Hesed and through all of the ways that he refine mm-hmm. refines us yeah do you have an idea for a podcast but you're not sure how to turn it into reality you need ready set podcast they make it super easy to create your own podcast they can help record edit and publish your idea they have prices to fit any budget and options for both hobbyists and professional podcasters so if you have an idea reach out to them for a free consultation on their website or social media at www.readysetpodcast.xyz ready set podcast turning your brilliant idea into reality yeah for me as well like praying for like you said whenever you do something that you recognize is wrong it it should rock you it does me whenever mm-hmm. i realize me like too. i hurt your feelings yesterday and it wrecked me i hate that i made a mistake and we talked about it later and you were like we people make mistakes i'm like yes but i don't like to make them <laughs> Especially when somebody that I love. I don't want to hurt my friend's feelings. Even if it was unintentional and even if it was a a kind of a miscommunication, it still hurt. And I can't undo that. I can't you can't unring a bell, you know? And so when that gets heard, you're like, Oh, I can't like jump in a time machine and take that back. But that's how I see someone who really loves me corrects and changes. And my former self would hear I'm sorry. And eventually she would believe it. And now I don't buy that anymore with people. Mm -hmm. If a friend tells me they're sorry, they better follow it with something different. Some action that's different. Yeah. They better follow it with some, like a pivot, a change. Mm -hmm. Also, True remorse remains. If you're really sorry that you hurt me, you don't change your mind whenever it suits you. Yeah. You don't attack me behind my back if you're really sorry for what you did. You don't slander me when you're real sorry for what you did. To me, sorry means you stay sorry. That means it's a continuous act of repentance. You're not real repentant if you keep doing the exact same thing that guts me. And what I've learned is no matter how long I've been friends or close with Mm -hmm. people, I will walk away from toxicity. And I don't have to explain it to anybody. And I don't have to justify it to anybody If you are not who you say you are, if you are speaking words to me that I love you and your words are merely words and your actions do not indicate love at all, I am not going to be able to maintain that relationship because that's a lie. If I love you, my actions better match it. And I have no tolerance for that anymore. I'm real glad that not just with my my marriage I had to learn this, but overall, the way that all of that went down and how many people, their responses in the process taught me, my everybody needs examining. My yeah. whole life I examined under a microscope every relationship, everything I was doing. From the time that my ex went to rehab, I immediately decided I'm cleansing as much as I can in my life. And that meant we I shut down a lot of technology that we used to participate in. And I was like, there, we're going to, I'm cleansing every aspect of my life. And I literally did that in my house, every nook and cranny of, this, of my entire home. I went through and I was like, I'm 
literally cleaning all the corners and specks, all the relationships, my relationship with God, my friendships, all the relationships with my family, everything is getting assessed. And everything that does not match what I feel God leading me to or saying to me I need to do with, I looked at my finances, my health, my like every single thing, everything's getting refined. And it was, oh, it was <laughs> a wonderful process, a difficult process, but wonderful at the end because I have a peace that truly passes understanding. I'm a person who had, I was with my ex for as much time as I wasn't with him. I met him when I was 19 and 19 years later, I said goodbye. And to live half your life with a person and then overnight have to shut down by God's design all communication with them that is not relevant to children, that is a whole new life. And I held it, and I'm real proud of the way that I held it because I know that it's really hard. It was hard <laughs> to hold, and there are parts of that that the grief. Well, and you didn't do that by yourself. The, the Holy Spirit, true, is what gave you the ability, hundred percent, to hold those 100%. things. Hundred percent. And when I wanted to drop lines or drop like the 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 strictness of certain boundaries. I would get reminded like if I if I dropped it or if I you know was like oh this isn't a the biggest deal. I would get shown like it's the biggest deal. He means it like don't let an inch. Do not give a crack. Because the things that he was showing you had purpose and we don't always the cool thing about God is even though he doesn't have to show us the reasons mm -hmm. why he does things Sometimes we are gifted the ability to know those reasons. Mm -hmm. And of course, it makes it easier if you have the the why. But I'm going to be honest. Sometimes I have the why and it doesn't make it easier. I know. It's still just as hard. I know. But, mm -hmm. but it's cool when he allows us to see mm -hmm. glimpses of those whys. And mm -hmm. we're like, oh, well, that makes so much more mm -hmm. sense. I'm... Then sometimes we have to repent again. Sorry, I yeah. didn't trust you to begin with. Yeah. And speaking of the why, one of the obvious whys and such a benefit that I have found in divorce is this has caused me to realize that the closest person I could have ever let in can be the same person who stabs you in the back on repeat with no remorse. And I'm like, I can't, I came face to face with this so close. If that can happen, then I have to really be vigilant in a way I've never been vigilant before. I trusted people way too easily. I trusted people and gave people the benefit of the doubt when they did not deserve the benefit of the doubt. And I, I want to believe people are good and I want to believe people are doing the best they can. And some people are, and some people do. But the vast majority of human beings on this earth don't need to be trusted. Mm -hmm. And I grew up, I, I think this is a the downfall of secure attachment, to be honest. This is not a, a, a pitfall that they put in literature, which <laughs> it should be. In fact, if when I write that book, it's going to be in there. That there is a downfall to secure attachment. I, when you feel secure with people, when you feel safe in your family of origin, you falsely sometimes project that onto the world at large. And I did that. I believed that because I trusted my mom and my dad for the most part, like I saw that I was pretty safe with them and they were reliable. I assumed that the world at large was similar. And I went to church since I was an infant and I was around nice people. And so I assumed they were nice, good, safe, trustworthy people. And then we would have these um, major <laughs> like scandals or things happen with certain people. And you're like, can you believe that that happened? And I'm like, oh my goodness, I, I've only had good interactions with that person in at that, you know, at our church or something. And then you realize people can really hurt you. I mean, real, real bad. People that you think are really good and pure and 
on the right track and very safe aren't always. And it's important to have discernment and look at people's fruit. We are called to judge others from, was it Matthew 7? He talks about when we judge others, it's not as a condemning or a saving. That's God's job to judge that. But he says we're to look at people's fruit so that we can discern what kind of tree they are. And a good tree bears good fruit. A bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree doesn't bear bad fruit. And so if you're looking at someone's patterns of their life, and you're looking at long-term behavioral patterns and people's actions, what they're doing with their choices, that will tell you who a person, it'll tell you what's going on in the, in the core of that person. And it should also tell us how, what the, what's going on inside of us. If I'm seeing myself act in ways that are contradictory to what I'm saying, I believe, and who I think I am, I need to take a look at that. And, and <laughs> you saying that leads me to say this because this has been on my mind all day. Ever since we've been talking about any parts of these episodes, this has come into my mind, and that is this. When we talk about these things, when we talk about um, people, for example, like what you were just saying about you've been to church, you know these people, they you think they're good people, and then you there's a scandal that comes out, and you find out, oh, well, so-and-so had an affair, or so-and-so... Um, got involved with pornography or so-and-so, you know, like whatever, whatever that quote-unquote scandal is, you, you hear that and you're like, what? Like, I, I can't imagine. Mm -hmm. That's not the interaction I've had with that person. I would have never guessed that they would be capable. That's one way of thinking. And then the other side of that coin is, Oh, yeah, I knew he was that way. Something about him was off to Mm -hmm. me. And then as we're talking about this, I just wonder how many um, people listening are listening thinking, oh, yeah, I know someone just like that. And somebody comes to your mind and you're thinking about them. Mm -hmm. Oh, they need to listen to this episode. Or, oh, they need to. Mm -hmm. I would like to throw this out there because it's important. And God has really impressed this upon me. Mm-hmm. If the first person that comes to your mind when we talk about these things mm-hmm. is someone else and what they've done, whoa. I say that because the long pause was for dramatics, y'all. <laughs> it's important. If the first person that comes to your mind is someone else, that is a problem. Let me tell you why. The first person that should come to our minds in regards to behavior, in regards to the fruit that we bear, in regards to to if someone's doing what they're supposed to be doing, should be you. We should all get our own full-length mirror out. And be examining that. I know that a lot of us have heard that scripture that talks about, uh, get the plank out of your own eye before you try (laughs) to get the speck out of your brother's. Basically, what that's saying is you need to have your own stuff in order before you start pointing out other people's stuff. So, if this this podcast is bringing to Mm -hmm. mind someone for you, take a moment and ask God... God, can you show me where in my life that I need to work on? Mm -hmm. Because if you are seeing other people always first and you're not seeing your own mistakes Mm -hmm. or where your own heart needs to change, y'all, this is where you get honest with God. This is where you fall on your face and you say, Lord, search me. I need to know if there's anything in me that I'm not recognizing mm-hmm. so that I can grow and get closer to you. Mm-hmm. It's so important. Yeah. And if you are, if you are thinking someone else first and not yourself, or you don't think that you have anything to confess, mm-hmm. check your heart mm-hmm. because seeing that first in someone else, 
Yeah. Is potentially sin. Yeah. And the truth is, and I don't like to even admit this to myself because there are some mm-hmm. things I'm, I will say to myself, I, I don't think I'd ever do that. But we're all wicked people. That's like right. we're capable of really wicked things if we are not keeping ourselves in, in a self-controlled kind of a checks and balance. Because we're born into sin. We are. And so if you think, if you can tell yourself, oh, I would never do that. Be careful. <laughs> because you are a sinner and you also put that out into the world uh, with an enemy who hears it and is like, mm, well, I think I can get you to do that very thing. I have... I have run into many people who have said that out loud. I would never do that. Or I can't believe I've done this. I'm like, you probably held yourself in an esteem that you shouldn't hold yourself in. You are a sinful person. Let me give you guys All just of us a are. simple, <laughs> simple example. And every single person hearing this right now is guilty of this. What's that? And that is saying you will pray for someone... Oh. And not doing it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, mm-hmm. if you, if someone looks at you and says, will you pray for me? And you say, I'll be praying for you. Or if they don't even ask and you hear somebody say, oh, mm-hmm. well, I've got um, this thing mm-hmm. coming up in my life. This doctor's appointment. Will mm-hmm. you pray for it? Or I, my grandma was diagnosed with cancer. Mm-hmm. Will you pray for that? Or my husband's having surgery. Will you pray for that? If you say yes and you don't do that. You are sinning. Mm-hmm. And I've been guilty of that. In fact, years ago, like, God repeatedly got on to me for that because I would run into someone and they would ask for prayers. Or sometimes people DM me and ask me to pray for things. I'm Let like, me, yes. Like, when that happens... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just want to say this. I kind of got a little quickening in my spirit. And okay. I, so, I don't know if there's like an... I said, I said you were sinning. What I what I mean to say by that is that, well, for one, you're lying, so that is a sin. That that's one way you're sinning. And two, you have agreed to to take this person's need to the King of Kings to yeah. fall on your face before yeah. Him. I know we throw these words around. I'll pray for you. But what you're saying when you say that is, I'm going to take this to God and I'm going to ask him on your behalf to meet your need. And if you don't do that, you will be, you will answer for that. Yeah. And we, I know we, and that's why I said this is something everyone's guilty of. I've done it. Sadly, it makes me sad that I've done this, but I have. And I'm super cautious now. I'm not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If somebody posts on Facebook, something happens. Almost everybody in the list is like, oh, we're praying for you, praying for you. And I sometimes I read that, not to be cynical, but sometimes I read those and I'm like, how, how many of us actually stopped? Mm-hmm. Stopped. Not just said, God be with that person. And that was that. That was mm-hmm. the last thing you thought of fell on your face and took that person's need to God and on their behalf petitioned him to touch them or to meet that need and did it faithfully. Yeah. It's important. It's really important. Super important. I told someone at church last week that I would pray for them about a specific thing. I actually asked her, what can I be praying for you about? And so God, God's funny. Like if I want a revelation from God, I think I just need to brush my teeth because mm-hmm. everything happens at my bathroom sink. And so I was at the bathroom sink, brushing my teeth a couple days later, or maybe a day later or something. And he reminded me that I told this person that I would be praying for them. And I was like, oh, I have not been on my face about that. And so as I'm brushing my teeth, I'm praying for that situation. And then multiple times since, and we've talked about this mm-hmm. prior to recording. And so I was like, Prior to that, even, he was already telling me the same thing. Sometimes we get similar things. A lot of the time we get similar things prior to this. But he was saying the same thing. And so I have prayed over that situation multiple times. But I was reminded of a time in my life where he convicted me over and over that I would say that. Someone would, you know, reach out or say, uh, pray for this or that. And I was not going to God to do that. And part of the reason I wasn't is because I was 
had fallen out of a consistent falling on my face before the Lord yes. prayer routine. If you don't have a prayer life, if you don't talk to God, it's probably not going to be too con- too too frequent that you're going to bring right. all these people who you say you're going to pray for to the throne room of God. And yes. so for me, the answer, <clears throat> what he told me was, you have to cultivate time when you have, or I have to write it down. For me, if I don't write some things down, I will forget them. We have a a long prayer list <laughs> yeah, that we, we pray every day together because you have people and I have people that have said pray over these things. And I don't even know, probably, I don't know, at least a good portion of some of those people that we pray for, but I know of them. Right. I know that we've Same. been prompted to pray over them. <laughs> I mean, there are people we pray for every day that I really don't have a personal relationship with, but I feel prompted to pray never for met, them. Never ne- met I've them. I've never met them. <laughs> yes. yes but feel prompted to pray for them. And so we do it as a routine. Um, there's been people that have reached out to both of us and said, will you please pray this? And so anybody who does that, we do literally put it on a document and we pray it every single day. <laughs> and so I want to know that like, when you say you got me and you love me, love means you show up and that's a verb. That doesn't, that's not like an idea or a state. Love is a verb. It's not just the feely good stuff. No, it means to me like my friendships have been so refined. The friends that I have now, I trust because they have earned that. (laughs) Like My friendships have been through refining fire. And the friends that I hold dear are the friends who have, a, a real friend stays and... Well, some people, I should say, like, some people can be your real friend and that season of your friendship just needs to end. Like, I know that's another situation, but for me, I don't, I had a much larger circle that did not need to ever be there. I'm a very social person, and so I cast a big net. (laughs) And I don't need to cast a big net just because I'm a social person and I generally like people. I need to keep a very small, real circle. Yeah. Like on the podcast, I'm asked to share things. That's a transparency he's asking me to do. Mm-hmm. That's not because we're all close with everybody right. that listens in however many other countries. Y'all don't and even know me. And that's different. That's different. That's the transparency. Vulnerability means I'm coming to you, my friend, and I'm sharing these things with you because I'm expecting you to meet me in that space. I don't expect anyone listening mm-hmm. to this right. podcast to be like, I will be here for you. Let's talk. <laughs> I'm like, some people do, and I appreciate that. But I'm not sharing it so that I get right. a, a, a we, we share what we share out of right. obedience, right? And that's a different kind. I'm 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 sharing because I've been told, like you said, obedience. I share with you, and I share with other people that are much smaller in diameter than it used to be. I share with them with great discernment and I don't want to share with anyone. I've been friends with gossipers in the past and I knew better than to tell them things. And because I wanted closeness in relationship and I wanted them to be safe, I just projected that onto them Mm -hmm. falsely. When I knew better, I watched them gossip about lots of other people. I knew that if I tell them things, they're probably going to spread my own stuff to people that don't need to hear it. And did it anyway because I was in close connection for whatever reason and I just got comfortable. Well, and that's one thing that we all can be more aware of. You know, we sometimes we allow our wants and desires to get in the way of what we know. I know. (laughs) I know. I want people to be trustworthy, so I project that they are when they're not. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And I've gotten burned by that enough. Like, He's taught me, like, how much more are you going to hurt by trusting the wrong people? I'm going to, <laughs> you're going to get a hard lesson in this. And it's funny because he he allows us to be kind of a mirror for each other. And right. I can watch you, and I'm the opposite. You You find yourself sometimes hurt. By people that you've trusted when you knew you shouldn't. And I'm over here like, mm, I don't trust you. I don't trust you. <laughs> no, nah, I don't trust anybody. I'm out. Like, I'm not sharing with you. And he's over there going, listen, some people have earned that trust. You can mm-hmm. trust them. And I'm like, mm, maybe not. Yeah. Because. You're wired to not. We're wired differently. But 
the beautiful thing about the people that he places in your life, if if he places them there, you can usually find, if it's a true placement from him, if mm-hmm. he has put you in that relationship, mm-hmm. you can start to see the fruits of those relationships. And one of the fruits of our, there's many, but one of the fruits of our relationship is that we are able to mirror things to each other mm-hmm. and we can be honest with each other. Sometimes we don't like what we hear and sometimes it's hard, but we take what we share with each other and what we model for each other and we take that to God and we ask him, you know, is this, am I doing this or is there a way that I can change this? And sometimes Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to do those things if we didn't have the relationship that we have and Probably the same for you. You would probably still be super trusting, you know, if you didn't have Mm -hmm. your experiences. And also if if we didn't have things to mirror, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And the people that I've also let in, like you said, we can speak. You're basically saying what I hear. We can speak truth to each other in love. Now, sometimes we don't do it in mm-hmm. love and we repent for that. Because we're not perfect. <laughs> yeah. But for the most part, you and I, you have a way that you can reflect truth to me. And I already know your heart. So even if you are more harsh or you say things in an elevated tone, which is sometimes how you do it, <laughs> I just like give you a signal like I I take it down. Like y'all can't see my fingers. I just like close my little fingers down like <laughs> down a notch like I want to be able to hear what you say, but you're up at a register that my brain doesn't like. So come on down. And then you're like, okay. And so I can hear feedback, but I, because of my own trauma history, if I hear feedback coming at me like daggers, I don't respond well to that. Even though it's still our jobs, even if people package truth in a horrible package, it's still our job to sift through it. That's right. And see if there's anything relevant. Because I've been blasted with hurtful things that are a little bit true. Or like sometimes it's 70% true, sometimes it's 20% true. It's my job to sift through with the Holy Spirit. Right. No matter what package it came in. Whether someone came with me, you know, came at me with a sword. That doesn't, or, now she's saying that, but that doesn't mean you have to allow people to, to harm you. True. You That's can, another point. You can hear mm-hmm. what they've said. After you tell them, whoa, I'm going to have to ask you to stop <laughs> mm-hmm. and you can walk away, but you can still take what they said. And it is our responsibility to, to hear what other people are saying. Take what people say and ask God, ask the Holy Spirit to show you where the truth is Mm -hmm. and be honest with yourself as you reflect on the interactions that you may have had with Mm -hmm. those people and, and find the truth in it. If there is any, there's not always truth in it, but there may be in it when there is, that's our responsibility because we are ultimately responsible for our behavior and what we project to other people. Right. And that's kind of like the main idea of this episode Mm -hmm. is all of these experiences helped me tighten that down a little bit more. Helped me refine that and filter that in in, with truth a little bit more. Helped me to examine myself. You said earlier we should all be praying, like, search me, know me, God. Pull out anything that is wicked or unholy or not not of you and refine it search me and know me and and pull out any iniquity and lead me in the way everlasting i think is what david prayed and these experiences that were incredibly painful um that i've walked through that you've walked through with me that i've walked through with you and as we've shared some of your struggles those have ultimately all been a call to holiness. And Hesed came into our lives to not just, originally I thought it was to mm-hmm. grab a hold of my ex-husband's heart and I hoped that it would shift and change him. But really what he was doing was he was 
using it to ultimately refine us both mm-hmm. and everybody else and, and and people all over the world. Now, tons of people in other countries have listened to this episode and have heard the message of Hesed, which was originally for him and me and you. But then he took that message and he used it for his glory, which Just is why what, we should yeah. be testifying to what he's doing in and our lives, because does. that's what he's ultimately doing. It's not about me. It's not about the people in this story. It is about him and what he ultimately wants to send out to the world. And he wants us to, to recognize we think we may think that we have this one agenda or that this is the ultimate goal, but God doesn't think the way that we think and mm-hmm. his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than mm-hmm. our ways and he is teaching us if we are paying attention. It's like it's like the layers of an onion. Every time we think we got something, he shows us a little bit more. Mm-hmm. We get a little bit deeper and he's yep. like Hang in there with me. Keep going with me. There are Mm -hmm. so many more things I want to teach you and show you. And that is why the Bible is the living word of God. Because no matter how many times you read it, Mm, as you grow, he will give you more and more and more truths. Right. It's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Like you said, the layers of an onion. An onion eventually ends. I think of like, this is like... A never-ending ladder you keep reaching up yeah. to, like it's no, it's a finite or it's an infinite, infinite place, yeah. that you that you can go to, and it it's yeah, it's really it's a crazy thing that he is this crazy journey that he's taken us on. But I wouldn't change anything for the world, and I don't like how pain feels. I'm pretty sure nobody does, right? But I will take it, knowing it's going to shape me in a way that I need to be shaped. Yeah. And had this experience not happened and I had I not chosen because we have choices, exactly. I could have chosen to say, no, God, I don't want to go on this journey and I wouldn't be where I am. I think in our pain, if we can let pain teach us and refine mm-hmm. us and, and look at it us. that way, like that would be life changing that would give pain. Pain is supposed to do that. It's not just supposed to sink us and kill us you know it's supposed to be the thing that does refine us and grow us into for believers especially it's supposed to grow us into people who can love more who can be at more peace who can follow in the ways that he wants us to follow because we've been changed you you know when you read something from a book it's not the same as experiencing it in your Mm -hmm. life exactly so he is he makes that word come alive whenever he, he puts does. you through and a fire. And that is that is the God we serve, y'all. He is still mm-hmm. the God of the Old Testament. He still is because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he wants to work in our lives. He wants a real relationship with us. He desires that. And y'all... Trust us, you desire it too. You may not know that yet, but you do. And the closer you get to him and the more you learn about him and his character and the more you cultivate that relationship, the more you want it. Mm-hmm. True words, friendy. Thanks for listening to the God Be Crazy podcast. If the message of the podcast resonates with you, please make sure to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. We also encourage you to rate and review it on your favorite podcast platform. By doing this, you may help others hear the podcast as well. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or just share it the good old fashioned way. Talk about it with the people in your life. It is our hope that you will be blessed and strengthened by the truth and crazy love of God.